Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Well, today is Scott Atkins Day on the program. My name is Mark Zorianis. I'm your host. I'm a third Don Black Belt, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Taekwondo Life magazine. Those of you that follow our magazine, listen to our program, know that for some time I have been trying to connect with and interview Taekwondo practitioner, movie star, international sensation, Scott Atkins. However, with his busy schedule, writing, directing, starring, teaching, traveling, spending time with his family, we've been unable to connect. Our paths have crossed as we've interviewed and spoken with Jesse V. Johnson, Kung Lee, stuntman Stephen Lambert, and we've previously reviewed some of Scott's films, including Triple Threat, The Debt Collector, and most recently, the one that premiered in the United States on May 29th, Debt Collectors. Scott was gracious enough from his quarantine from his home in the United Kingdom late at night to graciously and kindly and openly speak to me about his martial arts journey, his drive and his passion for movies and martial arts perfection, and about his career. As I said, this interview comes on the heels of the worldwide release of Debt Collectors, a Jesse V. Johnson film starring Scott Atkins, Louis Mandalore, and a number of terrific stars. That is a terrific movie. As our review indicated, I suggest you see that. Scott is also on the verge of a release next month of a espionage-driven action film called Legacy of Lies. I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. I know you will thoroughly enjoy our conversation. I thank him for his grace, for his thoughtfulness in talking to me, and I look forward to covering his long and exciting career. Enjoy Scott Atkins. Joining us today is Scott Adkins, who is, among being a true mixed martial artist uh, and a traditional martial artist, is, in my mind, the most visible martial arts action star in the world today. And Scott joins us, and we appreciate the, the time. You join us in the time of the, re the U.S. release of Debt Collectors, and you have coming up right following behind that Legacy of Lies, another really big release for you so how yes. you doing in this corona let's talk first uh people stuff how are you doing in this whole corona craziness i know you were in the u.s and somehow made your way back to uk during this right yes i was in the u.s um just about to start a, a film with dolph lunger and called castle falls and we're actually start on our first day and we, we only did half a day and we got shut down and um, yeah i was a little bit worried about how i was going to get to get back to england at one point but it was fine um, and I'm back, and yes, been locked down with the family. I must say, it's actually been really nice to spend some time with my family. Um, I'm lucky I've got a bit of space, you know, I've got a nice garden, 
Um, I know that's not the case for a lot of people. Sure. So I, I'm not going to complain. It's uh, been a nice time. I've got two kids. Um, oh, that's great. That's great. So yeah, yeah. That, that that's great. I know you're probably traveling a lot with with making the films and stuff. So tell me, you know, in in watching you over the years, and and our paths have sort of crossed. Uh, I interviewed. I have a good relationship with Jesse V. Johnson. Uh, he did the, did, did the program, and we've communicated back and forth. I have a lot of respect for him. Um, Kung Lee is a good friend of the show. Um, we've interviewed. I was at uh, the Urban Action Showcase with Michael Jai White when they gave him, um, you know, a big a big award. And in watching you, over and above the fact that you are in this new, what I consider to be a new era of martial arts star, in the sense that you have acting chops and martial arts chops. That's sort of the, the movement of, the, of the, the business, right? I mean, years ago, uh, Cynthia Rothrock and people of that nature will tell you that they were handed a, a loose script and everything else they sort of filled in the gaps. That's not really where you come from. But your technical precision as a martial artist is great. Watching you, um, it's obvious that you've spent a lot of time studying and training. I know you have a Taekwondo background as a base. Tell me a little bit about how you got involved in that and a little bit about your training background. Well, with the martial arts and Taekwondo, I think uh, Judo was my first martial art, and I simply went to it because my dad and my brother were doing it, older brother. And as the younger brother, I felt like I was missing out. So 10 years old, started judo, fantastic martial art, especially for youngsters. Um, learned a lot doing that, but didn't wasn't really into it. Was you know said I was going to do it and then didn't want to do it, but was made to do it. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah. And then that just sort of fizzled away after a, a year or year and a half, something like that. Maybe two years. It's hard to remember. But I think around the age of... 13 i started taekwondo which was the tagb taekwondo association of great britain um in the uk and my instructor was a guy called ron sergu very a guy at the very top of the tagb was known for his high flying kicks so he was almost the perfect instructor for me because that was his kind of thing was the fancy high flying sure. kicks and by the time I went to Taekwondo, that was the first martial art that I did that was about the kicking, you know. But for whatever reason, it came very natural to me. And as a white belt, I would already say I was one of the best kickers in the class. Sure. <laughs> um, it just, I just had it. I mean, I was watching a lot of Kung Fu movies and practicing my kicks in the garden. And I just, I just could kick. It just came very easy to me. So, yeah, I did Taekwondo for about about almost four years. Did you compete? Were you a sparring Pumse kind of a competitor or not really? That wasn't really your bag. Um, there were certain instructors that were more about the sparring and there were other instructors that were more about the kata. Um, you know, Ron Sergu was, was not as much about the, the sparring I, I don't think, but I did do some competitions and I'd, I'd never do that great, to be honest. I'd always get done for traveling. I would, I'd retreat too often. Um, and when my dad would come and watch me, I think I'd get a bit nervous. But the one time my dad didn't come to the competition, and they, they dropped me off and they left me there and they were going to come back and pick me up. And uh, on that particular occasion, with no parents watching me, I ended up winning the gold medal. That's great. So I don't, I don't know how much that had to do with it, but... Um, 
Yeah, I won that uh, championship. Biatomic championship, they called it. But, you know, it was semi-contact sparring. Sure. And, uh, yeah, do you know, I never got my black belt in Taekwondo. Oh, really? Yeah, and that is something that I deeply regret. Sure, sure. I, I understand yeah. it, but... You know, I was watching some of your tutorials. I mean, your 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 spinning kicks, your back kick, your your um, as you said, you have a, 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 a maybe a proclivity for it. But your attention to detail and your um, your mechanics are really a- excellent. I have no reason to say that because you know, separate and apart from your martial arts skills is is your success as a movie star. But your your technical skills are really uh, really high rate really, really high rate. And I think that your ability to teach, right? If you weren't doing uh, martial arts movies, you'd, there'd be a place for you in teaching. The way that you break them down, I think, is... is... Well, pe- people don't know, but I, I taught for years. Oh, really? And, uh, it wasn't Taekwondo. See, I left Taekwondo. I, don't, I, don't, I should have stayed and got my black belt. I was red sure. belt, belt below black, as you know. Um, but for some reason, I just, got, I just got bored. And I've always been a bit like that. I like to try sure. different things. So I left, I, I moved into kickboxing. Okay. Um, so, you know, I was able to bring work on the hands a bit more, the, more of the boxing sort of stuff, a bit of Thai boxing, things like that. And I stayed with the kickboxing for a long time. Um, and eventually, you know, I did many other martial arts in between, dipped my toe in there anyway. But I ended up teaching kickboxing for the, the PKA in the oh, UK, right. Professional Kickboxing Association. Yeah, I did that for... Uh, well, quite a few years. Okay. Well, that's I was great. able to keep a little bit of uh, money in my pocket while I was, you know, out doing the rounds as an actor, trying to get in auditions and all the rest of sure. it. Sure. Sure. So tell me, how do you make that, that what was that the ultimate goal for you is to, to make your way into, into movies while you were doing those things? Or did it just happen by, um, by circumstance, you know, where, where somebody said, Hey, you know, that guy's, that guy, that guy looked good in the movies. No, it was a lifelong dream. Oh, was it? All right, that's good. Yes, absolutely. So I how was did obsessed. You make that happen. How did you? Um, how did you turn that that vision, that goal, from being just a vision and a goal in, into being actually actualized? A very clear vision, a very pure drive, a drive that I didn't need to muster up. You know, I'm talking about something in my soul that. I needed to be involved in movies. I've always been a fan of martial arts and movies at the same time. Grew up, you know, seeing this Bruce Lee guy and absolutely idolizing him and, you know, moving through all the martial arts stars that came around, you know, with obviously Chuck Norris to Van Damme and, and sure. onwards, Jack, Jackie Chan, Jet Li, every, all these guys. Being a big fan of people like Stallone and, and Schwarzenegger, always impressed by physical specimens on screen. But a genuine love of film, you know, anyway, not just action films, all films, a student of film. Um, I'm a two-trick pony. I love martial arts. I love films. And the two were always intertwined. That, that is a great – and I think that that's sort of evident in terms of uh, the, the, the path that you've taken. I saw in one of your videos you mentioned uh, American Ninja as being a, an influential film on you. And we had interviewed actually – um, Stephen Lambert, who was one of the stunt coordinators and, and stuntmen on that film, and and okay. it was a very different time in in terms of martial arts movies uh, here and abroad in terms of this the, the structure of them and in terms of the 
the story, you know, the storylines and, th- and things of that of that nature. Mm. But I think I grew up at a time I'm older than you, but I grew up at a time where our our exposure to it was some of that. But a lot of it was Kung Fu theater on a Saturday, you know, here in the States, you, you'd see um, some sort of uh, imported Chinese poorly dubbed film. And, you know, we couldn't get enough of it because because it was all we could really get, you know, other than occasionally in, in, in the film, in the movies. Yeah, well, I missed the 70s Kung Fu boom. I was born in 76. Sure. But, you know, of course, mid 80s, they had the ninja craze. Um, so I was taking that in. And then Bloodsport came along. And then it was the early 90s where it seemed like a martial arts film was released at the local video store every week. And it's funny because, you know, for me, that was my life. That was my reality as a kid was all these martial arts films coming out every week. It's not the same anymore. But I just figured at that age, that was the way it was. And it was always going to be that way. And if I could be so lucky as to be one of these guys i mean i set my expectations pretty low um because you know i've got everyone around me saying you're not going to be able to do this scott you need to get a proper profession it's not going to work out for you but i desperately wanted it i set my expectations pretty low just hoping that i could be one of these guys that is in a straight to video uh, martial arts movie you know in hindsight that is absolutely the wrong thing to do and i would tell my kids something completely different but, um, you know, and those films, the, the, the genre that was going on then, it's, it's different today. There are much less of those films. Uh, there is a lot of martial arts around, but they sure. are in bigger, bigger Hollywood productions. And uh, the, the true martial arts film is, you know, few and far between these days. Um, but that, that was my journey. That was what it was like for me as a kid, you know. That's great. It's a, it's a it's an interesting journey, and and you've certainly managed to make yourself highly visible. Let's so that you, you know, we can be timely, and and I know that you're sort of probably on a junket of talking about um, debt collectors and talking about you know what's up upcoming. But tell me now about about that. That's coming out in the in the U.S. on um, May 29th, the end of this week. We did our review of it, which was was great. But it's already been released in other places, right? I saw it was released in um, in Japan. And uh, is it is it already released in uh, the UK? No, it's the eighth of June in the UK. They're calling it Payback. Right. It is a sequel to The Debt Collector. So in my head, it's The Debt Collector too. Sure. But the distributors, they you know they can do they can call whatever they can call it whatever they want. You know, it's out of their hands. Um, but I think it's, it's released by a different company, so it can stand on its own, I suppose, but it's better if you've seen the first one, for sure. I think it's a great, you know, again, sequels will in many times get a bad rap as being cheap trade-offs on, on the first. I, I think it stands on its own as, a, as an equal and a great companion to uh, The Deck Collector, because I think it goes a little deeper, particularly in Sue's character. I think you get a lot, a lot more depth of Sue's character in, in it. And I think there's a lot more of um, you guys playing off of each other in a much more co-equal way in this one than, than started out in, you know, in the other one. It comes out of an interesting relationship for you because you have a longstanding relationship with Stu Small, right? Who is the, one of the writers on, on the film together with yourself. Yes. And with Jesse B. Johnson, who's directing and, and, and doing. So what's the early feedback on it? It's, it's, um, from my perspective, it's got to be all very positive, right? Yeah, it's all been very positive so far. Fingers crossed. Sure. <laughs> you know, these films are really hard to make because we don't have the luxury of time and money. We do the best with what we've got. And there's a, we definitely have our fan base who keep coming back for more 
they appreciate what we do even if um you know sometimes it's you can see that possibly we didn't have a lot of money but you know we our films they're very physical they're very real they're you know there's a lot of violence in there but something like debt collector and avengement we like to pepper a good amount of of humor and comedy in there but mostly we try to make it as character based as possible have some strong characters in there people you want to hang around with and spend some time with and then of course being a scott adkins movie we're going to put enough action in there to keep my fan base that have looked after me the past 15 years happy but yes no the first the 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 original debt collector the script i first read it in the early um 2000s and i really liked it and i remembered it and then i started having this relationship with jesse who wrote um the debt collector the original script uh, but i had a different take on it i i suddenly thought to myself originally these two debt collectors they knew each other and they didn't really talk to each other that much they were very jaded and they were going about their business and i found the whole world uh intriguing and and you know what a debt collector would have to do and the things they would have to in the way they would have to do it was intriguing to me but i just wanted to make the relationship between those characters more interesting so it was my idea to have it in fact sue is the lead of the original script and jesse oh, really? thought i would want to play sue um but it was my idea to take the french character and have it be like his sort of training day so it's his first day at weekend on the job and this lazy guy is going to be making do all the hard lifting for him and blah 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 and just bring more comedy into it and so we did that and the film turned out really great and um it ended in a certain way which I wasn't happy with uh but we've decided to come back and, and give it another go it's great it's great and i i think that uh, any fans of yours any fans of the original and a whole new uh fan base will will really uh enjoy it and uh, and i one of the things that we had recommended is if you even if you've seen the debt collector i would suggest see it again right before you see debt collectors i think it makes a great a great companion to see the two back to back i know for me i, I you know i enjoyed it so tell me a little bit about you do a mix of things that you're you know very actively involved in in writing and, and coordinating and then you do a a mix of things that you you star in but that are other people's projects how do you make that determination and balance there's only only so much time how do you make that determination as to you know what projects you're going to work in on for for a given period of time is it a conscious decision to do one and one or is it just simply what comes along in terms of what you feel is the best thing to work on i love to work i you know i don't take it for granted um it's hard for me to turn stuff down sometimes because i always think oh maybe this is the last one they'll let me do so i better do it um you know in my the first 10 years of me pursuing this profession there was a lot of downtime not working so sure. i tried to make up for it i've been doing it for 20 years first 10 years was uh pretty light on work and then the, the following 10 years has been okay so I, I i feel like i get better the more i do so i like to keep doing it but I'll be honest with you, the more creatively involved I can be in the project, I mean, I just feel like they're the better movies. Uh, originally, I used to, I used to you know, be sitting there on the set thinking, ah, oh, that's interesting, I, I wouldn't do it that way. But, you know, the director wants to do that. He knows more than me. He's the professional. I'll just do as I'm told. Sure. And then the film will come out and I'll be like, ah, oh, I, I was right. I should have done it my way. And 
you know, the more movies I've done, now I, I realize that I've actually got a pretty good filmmaking um, sort of barometer, you know. Uh, I've got a good, uh, if I think it's going to work, probably it will work that way. So the more creatively involved I can be, I think it's better for the project, to be honest with you. No, that's that, that makes a lot of sense. Let's talk a little bit about the fighting because I talked to Jesse a little bit about this. And I think one of the things that distinguishes your work is that rather than, you know, some sometimes I think that martial arts or action films make the mistake of thinking that it's better to take a higher name um, sometimes uh, cast that have very little martial arts experience and figure what's the big deal. We'll, we'll run them through a little bit of training. We'll throw some stunt doubles in there and it'll all work out, but we'll have a big name on the marquee in terms of a big box office draw in terms of acting. The films that you're in, that you've been involved with have classically the ones particularly that you're significantly involved with have people that are, that are good actors, but they also are real martial artists. Uh, Michael Jai White, Kung Lee. Um, I, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but the, the, the final fight scene in Savage Dog is just a phenomenal. Yeah, Marco Zerul. Yeah, phenomenal weapons and, and fight scene. And I think it, it translates very well into a higher level of, um, of fight choreography and, and action. I, I assume that that is part of your intentional design in terms of going into these, these films from your perspective. Yeah. I don't know what the question was, but uh... I guess the question for me is, do you find that, you know, it's it's part of your your drive to work with people who are martial artists rather than bringing folks in who are good actors, train them a little bit and throw in some some stunt guys. You seem to shy away from I know you probably use stunt people in your film, but based on the close ups and based upon the the action and the choreography, it seems to me that there's a, a lot less dependence in your movies um, on stunt stunt folks and and non martial artists in the fight scenes. Yeah, well, it's a tricky thing because if you haven't got good actors, your film's going to fall down. Um, but if you've got actors that can't fight, your film's going to fall down. If a, if a lot of it's about the fighting, and you know, a lot of people turn up to see the fighting in my films, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's a difficult one. It's there's not a lot of people that can fight really well and act. Now, I really respect the actors of today that have put the work in. Uh, I'm talking about people like Keanu Reeves. I'm talking about sure. Chris Hemsworth with uh, Extraction. We're talking about Halle Berry in, in the John Wick movies, sure. uh, Charlie Theron. You want to see an actor that puts the work in and the effort uh, to do what they do in those movies, I, I really respect it because it is hard work. I've made a living doing this. I know how difficult it is. Sure. So I really respect it. Um, and I really absolutely detest it when someone doesn't put the work in. Sure. And uh, they want to use stunt doubles all the time, or they want to use this stupid shaky cam to cover up their shortcomings. I won't one name the, any names. One of the distinctions in those films, though, is that they generally have such a big budget that they have a lot more lead time to do the yeah. trick for those actors. That, based on speaking to Jesse, I know probably in a lot of your films you don't have as much. Oh, yeah, we don't have that. We don't have that luxury. So that's uh, another reason why you want to get the re the real deal. But also, you want good actors as well. So it's uh, it's a bit of a Bit of a, uh, a tripwire, really. You've got to, got to be careful. Yeah. Sure. You have following the release of um, Debt Collectors, you have coming uh, Legacy of Lies. You want to tell us a little bit about what to expect there? 
um, and, 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 you know, what, what, what's coming with that film? Yeah, Legacy of Lies, I'm very happy with it. It's a different, a little bit of a different um, sort of thing for me. It's an espionage thriller, and uh, it's a bit more sort of James Bondy, Jason Bourne. Uh, but I play this guy who something terrible happens to him while he's deep undercover, and um, he's left with a child, a girl, and no mother, and he's bringing up this this girl, and he's off the grid uh, because of things that happened in the past. But the only thing he really knows about is, you know, espionage and fighting and all the rest of it. He doesn't really know how to be a, a father to this girl. And all she wants is a normal life to go to school and have friends and just normal things that a kid wants. But because of this guy's lifestyle, and he's quite selfish, he's keeping her from that. And I found the relationship between the father and the daughter in that situation really interesting because he, he actually does something. He's the reason her mother's dead. Oh, okay. And that, yeah, that haunts him. Uh, that's killing him from the inside. But he's hidden this truth from this, this girl for so many years. He can't tell her the truth. And it is killing him from the inside. That that's the legacy of lies that we're talking about. I found that really interesting to play with, you know, as an actor. Uh, but of course, then you got all the espionage stuff going on. There's plenty sure. of fights and action. But at its core, that that central story I, I found really interesting. And we had a great producer, and uh, we shot it in the Ukraine, and it looks great. It's got a big budget feel, and I'm looking forward to people seeing it. It comes out in July. That's great. Now you're in a the same position that sort of everyone else in entertainment is, which is that, you know, we're all sitting home consuming a lot of content, but all virtually all productions have ceased and halted as, as it's halted on, on yours. So what do you expect will be the trajectory of things for you in, in terms of getting back into this movie making and, and things um, as this winds down, or is that still way up in the air too early to tell? Yeah. Don't ask me. I don't think anybody knows still. I think everybody's waiting for somebody to make the first step and sure get something going there's many unanswered questions insurance is a big one i mean how can you insure your movie against covid19 i don't sure. think you can if it's a low budget movie that insurance is it is it can you afford it or is it going to take all of your budget away then you've got to think about safety on the sets uh, people have got to have ppe you've got to have uh, tests for the disease you've got to keep people um, possibly quarantine for 14 days before stepping on your set or if they're coming in from another country. Uh, there's just so many unanswered questions at the moment. I don't see anything happening for a while. Um, my first port of call is to finish the movie with Dolph Lundgren that I started. Yeah. Uh, but are they going to let me back in America? <laughs> Not at the moment. Right. So, it's a good thing. It's a, it's a good time for folks to go back and watch the Scott Atkins catalog of, of films. Exactly on the various services. I saw the list that you did uh, of your top five favorites. I thought those were, were really good. There's other ones that I, I probably like equally to those, but I saw your 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 video series on your, cool. top, on your top five series. I thought that was really good. Avengement certainly is uh, up, definitely up there. Debt Collectors is probably right now my my favorite of, of yours as being that I've seen it. So it, it jumps up, oh, brilliant. up up the list. But uh, the, the other ones, right. tell me about, in, in winding down, I know it's late for you where you are, and I really appreciate the time, and, and, and I really... I'm enjoying the conversation. I'm just worried that I'm babbling on. I can't no, find my word because I'm tired. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. Tell me about, as you've moved up in, in, in the world, in the, in the martial arts movie world, 
how has been the balance for you in terms of maintaining or increasing the depth of your training? Has it been something that has been, you've had more drive to train and, and to learn, or has it sort of just become that you're so overwhelmed that you have less time to do, you know, your martial arts training and, and fitness routine? Obviously you're in great shape, but are you, you know, is that a product of, of, of a, a martial arts training? Yeah, I mean, it's something I wrestle with a bit, to be honest, because I'd love to keep learning different styles, new styles, but you need a bit of convenience in it as well. So for me to actually go to a club and muck in with the rest of them, I don't like training in the evening because I like to be with my kids when I spend so much time working when I'm at home and, you know, my kids at school, when it comes home, I want to be there. Um, so I tend to do my training in the day. Um, so it's normally a little bit solo. I train at this MMA gym in Canuck uh, where I live. Um, and you know, twice a week I'm, I'm hitting the mitts and doing some MMA. Uh, but it's, it's a one-on-one -on -one thing. Uh, but mostly just, you know, hitting the mitts, staying in shape and, uh, going to the gym and just working out the rest of the week. Uh, but I do, yeah, I do want to start doing some more styles, different things. And I, it's hard. I need to find someone specific that can fit around my schedule so it's not as easy as it sounds sure sure i can imagine well i i appreciate that well scott i'm gonna let you wind down i know and again i appreciate you talking to me i know i know it's late i know you're there with your family you know quarantined but we have really enjoyed uh watching your films and watching your career watching your trajectory and i know you have a lot more a lot more i you know there's a significant amount of your of your filmmaking and uh, career ahead of you, and we really look forward to that. We are looking forward to the release again of Debt Collectors this week in uh, the U.S. throughout the world, followed by Legacy of Lies, and we'll look forward to your trajectory and see what's happening when when things when when the world comes back to normal. Is it fair to say mm -hmm. normal? They, everybody says the new normal, whatever the that normal, yeah, whatever that new normal is. And uh, yeah, be, be looking at um, quite a few films with face masks and hazmat suits as <laughs> part of the plot line, I think. Yeah, and we do another uh, space movie or something, you know, where everybody's in, in, in space. I've, all, I've always wanted to do that post apocalyptic cyborg remake. Now's the time. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure where you were in the US, but I'm in New York, which has hit the hardest. And I've never I'm been in the UK. I'm in the UK. Sure, you guys have, have certainly had your. But to be in New York City in Times Square and places that I've been where there's not a person on the street is just. It really is, you use the term post-apocalyptic, it is about as close to what you see in the movies as, as, as you can imagine, and I'm sure it is. I just spoke, oddly enough, I spoke, I don't know if you know Phil Pierce, but I spoke to Phil Pierce last week. He's in the UK. He is a Taekwondo practitioner who became a Black Sesh Kung Fu master, and he's mm. in Shakespeare country, and he told me that, you know, normally it's flooded with tourists and just nobody there, just... No. Yes, well, it's it's terrible for many industries. Tourism is terrible for martial arts. I mean, we can't yeah. teach people um, the movie business. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think we should come out of it and get things moving again. Uh, but hopefully they just get some treatments in place and we can shelter the people that really need to be looked after. And everyone else just needs to get moving now, I think. Absolutely. I got folks that are in their 80s and they've been quarantined and they, they need to be protected. And the rest of us to hopefully to some degree will start to come back to some to some normalcy. So, yeah, we'll take it on the chin. That's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. like, like a true martial artist. So, Scott, yeah. I, thank you for talking to us. 
Uh, we're going to release this next week. We'll release the audio portion of it. I'll, I'll do a little introduction. We'll send you the we'll send you the link. Um, and I appreciate it. And we wish you all the, all the success. And we look forward to hopefully crossing paths when you're in the United States. I enjoyed the chat. Um, let's definitely do it again when I'm a bit more awake and thank sort of being late. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thank you. All the best. Thank okay. you. Thanks, buddy. See ya. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.